0: So I'm going to share what God's laid on my heart these past couple of weeks. As most of you know by now, Dan and Aaron have been called away, and as elders we found out a little bit ahead, so we've had a little bit more time to process. Um, and that's what I'm going to share about. I'm going to share about what God has been teaching me and been laying on my heart in this time as we process this change, right? Because this is a change, it's a transition. Um, but like all of these songs have reminded us, God is so good. He's just so good, and that's what we're going to celebrate this morning. We're going to celebrate how good God is. So before we begin, let's, let's pray. God, thank you for who you are. I don't have anything else to add to that. Thank you for who you are. We, we love you, and we glorify you. Let this time be, be an offering that is pleasing to you. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. Um, so there won't, be, there won't be kind of one passage that we dive into, we'll be moving around a little bit, but that's because we're going to be looking at Abraham, and we're going to be seeing what we learned from his life about change, about transition. If you want to turn to a passage to start, we'll be beginning with Isaiah 51, the first three verses, and while you're doing that, I want to share with you guys how I wound up at Isaiah 51. Um, if you've been here long enough, you've heard it joked about, or if you know me, like, I read, right? That, that's what I do. Like, oh, that's Sam. He's probably reading somewhere. And for the first time in my life, I, I want to confess something to you guys. For the first time in my life, you can ask my wife, like I was the kid in college that everybody hated, because we'd get our syllabus and I'd be like, yeah, seven books, I'm in good shape for this class. Um, and I'd be done with them halfway through the semester, right? For the first time in my life, I fell behind on a reading plan. I, I, I admit it, please don't take my library card, like I was embarrassed, but I fell behind on a reading plan and not just a couple days, I fell egregiously behind on this plan. Like I think at the worst, I was 48 days behind and like I totally forgot about it, forgot it even existed. And then about two weeks ago, I remembered, I was like, oh wait, I was doing that, that plan. And so I I opened my app, and I, I started to resume this Bible plan, and I wound up resuming it the day before Dan told the elders, hey, it's official. God has called us elsewhere. So the passage that I read that day, I should have read way back in July, right? Like, way back in July when things were good, nothing was changing, smooth sailing. Instead... I forgot about a reading plan for the first time in my life, and I, I read Isaiah 51 the day before we were about to find out about some big change coming, and God's providence is incredible because these are the words I read as elders, as we're, as we're wrestling with God We want to seek you in this time. God, we want to make sure we're pursuing you in this time. We want this time to be a time that glorifies you, and we're listening to you and trusting you. Tell me where to go. Tell me what to look at. God, teach us in this time. He has me read Isaiah 51, 48 days later than I should have. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham your father and to Sarah who bore you. For he was but one when I called him that I might bless him and multiply him. For the Lord comforts Zion. He comforts all her waste places and makes her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving in the voice of song. I mean, how great is that, right? As I'm literally, I'm literally asking God, God, where do I look for wisdom The Bible says look at Abraham. He he answered my question verbatim all because I fell behind on a reading plan which I have never done in my life. Don't tell me his timing and his providence is not perfect. And I'm a simple enough guy that if I have a question the Bible says look at A, I'm gonna go look at A. So I started studying Abraham. I started studying Abraham and this is what I found. We're not the first people to go through some unexpected change we're not the first people to get a command out of nowhere that changes the trajectory of our next months or years this isn't new to humanity and we can learn a lot by studying the lives of the godly men and women who have gone before us and so that's what i want to do i want to look at abraham and i want to see what do we learn about change what do we learn about unexpected transition and it all starts in genesis 12 right abram's living a good life everything's normal no change and then in Genesis 12 we get these these verses uh, verses 1 through 4. Now the Lord said to Abram go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Listen to these words. I mean, listen to the simplicity but the power of this this verse, verse 4. So Abram went as the Lord told him, and Lot went with him. It was that simple for Abram. God said go, and so Abram went as the Lord told him. He entered into unexpected change and transition. Why? Because God told him to. And think about it. Abram actually had it a lot harder than we do. I know change can be daunting, right? We are fully aware of this, that there's, when there's unknown, there's uncertainty, and it can be tempting to let panic set in. But God said to Abram, leave your country, leave the culture you've known, leave the people you've known, leave your friends, leave your family. Abram set out without so many of the safety nets that we have been blessed with by God in this time. We talked about in class this morning, Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens, right? Guys, this is a time where we're not leaving our friends and our family. This is a family. This church is a body designed to edify one another. So if you are wrestling with something, if you're wrestling with anxiousness or you're wrestling with fear or panic or worry over this time, please find someone else in this body who you can lean on. Find the elders, find, we've got Phil Callendine, Mike Wilson, Dan Mull, right? Come talk to us. We want to be there for you in this time. And we'll talk about how you've been there for us in this time a little bit later as we encourage one another. But we look at Abram and we see that really when when the Christian is presented with change, there's one answer, obedience to God. And that's what we have to keep in mind too. We're talking about the church, but we have to keep in mind with Dan and Aaron their obedience to God is something that we should be celebrating and encouraged by, right? Because they are, they're leaving his mom, right? They're leaving family. Their kids still go to college here. So they are are doing what Abram did. They are stepping out in in obedience to God. And just like we're encouraged by Abram, we should be encouraged by Dan and Aaron, right? We celebrated. Jim and April just a month or so ago did the same thing. When people in our lives are obedient to God, that is a joy to see, to see faith, and it's something that we can learn from and be encouraged and strengthened by. All right, so we start with the command, and then we move on to the process. Check this map out. This map is crazy. I sat down, I didn't sit down. This is from the Bible Journey Project, right? They mapped out Abram's journey. That is not, so anytime there's change and transition, the question everybody wants to ask is, okay, how quickly can we be done with this? Right? Like, how soon can we get through this? Like, just give me a straight line from here to there, it's over. That was not Abram's journey. He went up, then down, then here, then back. Then, I mean, like, literally, there are a couple places where he backtracked. But why? Because that's where God was leading him. And the application for us is, Dan Mole talked about this. We'll talk about this this week. We'll continue to talk about this. There is a process for change, right? There is a process that God will lead us through. And we will be patient, and we will be faithful, and we will follow God's timing where he leads us as he leads us. One of the little updates we want to give you guys, as I told you I'd sprinkle these out, we just got a link. Last week, Dan Mole mentioned the assessment that we're going to have everybody do so we can all, you know, as elders we can see, hey, what's the congregation think? What do you guys, we just got that link. So the elders are gonna meet tomorrow night and we're gonna begin talking about some of the details of this process. So keep an eye out, we'll continue to update you, but be prepared that soon we'll be sending you guys a survey that we're inviting you all to complete so that we can hear from you, right? We want your voices to be heard. We want this to be a unified church. And it's on the computer, so if there there are some of you who maybe aren't as familiar with the computer, things like that, we'll set up a time after church one day where we can have computers available and the elders can be there to help you walk through this survey so that we can do it together, okay? So that's one of the little practical things we're going to sprinkle in throughout this. But what we see is that the process isn't always as fast as we would like. But it's not about what we would like. It's about being faithful to God and following Him. And rest assured, that's what we will do in this time of transition. We will go when God tells us to go. We will go where God tells us to go. We are praying diligently, and we invite you all to pray with us diligently that we would listen to God and be faithful in obeying his direction through this time. And why? Why did Abram leave everything he knew? Why did he go on this journey, right? Like, he he finished at Hebron, but he went back to Bethel. Like You don't think at some point he was maybe like, God, can I just stop at Bethel if you're going to bring me back here anyway? right? Why did Abram do this so readily? I already mentioned when I paused and we read verse 4, as the Lord commanded him. Dan and Aaron obeyed because that's what God told them to do. Jim and April Starkey obeyed because that's what God told them to do. We as a church body will obey because that's what God tells us to do. It's that simple. That's that's not super insightful. I'm not brilliant because I just said that. God says it, we will obey it that's what faith looks like and listen to how it's described in hebrews so i talked about how you know god brought me to isaiah 51 the day before dan told the elders without even realizing it, until I prepared for this sermon, God has been bringing me to Abraham since January. I, I mean, God's incredible. He just blows my mind. But earlier this year, I was reading in Romans, and I was reading in Hebrews, and God has just kept bringing me back to Abraham throughout this year. And that's, I want to share with you guys what we learned from Abraham, because this verse in Hebrews is incredible. This is Hebrews eleven eight 8 through 10. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. I mean, when we go back to that command in Genesis, right? God said, go to the land I will show you. He didn't say, hey, go right here. He said, no, go to the land I will show you. Head in that direction. In Hebrews, he went out not knowing where he was going. Yes, there are unknowns in this time of transition. That's not scary. Fear, see, transition becomes fearful. And transition can. If if we're not careful as a body, transition can become fearful. But transition becomes fearful when we focus on the perceived obstacles in front of us instead of the infinite, omnipotent, omniscient God with us. So we will not be a church body that focuses on those perceived obstacles. We will be a church family that focuses on the God who is with us. That's what Abram did. That's what we will do. And so this transition will not be a time of fear, right? Abraham stepped out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. Listen to this verse. This verse 10 is so cool. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Why did he step out in faith? Why did he step out without fear? for he was looking forward to god his focus was on god he wasn't looking at the obstacles around him he was looking forward to the city whose foundation is built and planned by god keep in word or keep in mind that word foundation we're going to revisit a little bit later when we talk about god's plan for the church but abraham was looking forward we as a church will look forward We will miss Dan and Aaron tremendously. We are not denying that. We are not making light of that. We will miss his preaching and his leadership, yes. But we are looking forward to God. That's what we have been doing. That's what we will continue to be doing. And we invite you. That's what the elders have been doing in all of our meetings. We've been talking about how excited we are by God. We we place our hope in God. We place our faith in God. And we invite you to do the same. Look forward to God during this time of transition. And I mentioned God has been bringing me to Abraham throughout the year. Back in January, I was reading through Romans, and two verses in chapter 4 jumped out at me that had never stood out to me before. I've read Romans before, but verses chapter 4, verses 20 and 21 just stood out to me like they were neon. And I immediately made them the background of my phone screen. So I see these verses multiple times probably too many times a day, right? Let's be honest, probably too many times a day. But every time I look at my phone, I see these verses. It's talking about Abraham in Romans. Yet with respect to the promises of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, resting fully assured that what God had promised he was able to perform. Let me repeat those. Yet with respect to the promises of God, he did not waver in unbelief. Let us not be a church that wavers in unbelief in this time of transition. Why? He did not waver in unbelief. He grew strong in his faith, giving glory to God. Imagine the testimony that that will be to God if we look back on this time of transition and unknown and we say, that was a time when we grew strong in faith. I mean, what a testimony to who God is. If we can look at a time of unknown and say, that was when we grew strong in faith. We can give glory to God because of that. And why? Because Abraham rested fully assured, knowing that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Do we believe that what God has promised, he is able to perform? If we do, let's act like it. All right, let's look at this time of unknown and transition and say, no, we know what God has promised, and we are fully assured that he is able to perform it. So we will not waver in unbelief. We will go strong in our faith, and we will give glory to you. That's what this time will be for our church. And that's nice to talk about the promises of God, but let's look at them, right? In 2 Peter, he writes, I write to remind you of these things I know you know. The promises I'm about to share with you guys, they're not going to be verses you hear for the first time. But I want to remind you of the things I know you know. Because sometimes we need that. I know I've needed that in this time. I have needed to be reminded of God's promises. Because, yeah, things are changing. There's change coming. We can't can't pretend like it's not. If we, you know, it's not. You ever play hide and seek with a little kid? And you're like, okay, go hide. And their response is this. Like, if we do that, it doesn't make the change go away. So we don't focus on the change. We focus on the unchanging God. We focus on the immutable promises of God. What's the first thing about God that's not changing? His presence. He's not going anywhere. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I love that it includes discouraged, right? Because it might be tempting to say, I'm not afraid of transition. I'm not afraid of change. I'm just, it's just really a disappointment. I'm just discouraged by it, like, here we go again. You know what I mean? Like, no. What does Joshua 1.9 say? Don't be discouraged. Why? Because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do we believe that God is God regardless of who preaches on a Sunday morning? Yeah. Do, do we believe that God is God regardless of who preaches? So then what reason is there for discouragement? Because God's presence has not changed with regard to this body of believers. What else has not changed? God's plans. Some of you may have been kind of surprised. Some of you may have been shocked, right? God wasn't. When he called Dan and Aaron away, God didn't all of a sudden have to scramble and readjust his plans. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Just like Abraham was looking forward to God, we see it again in Jeremiah. God's plans are for our hope and our future to prosper us. Those plans have not changed. So if God's presence has not changed and God's plans have not changed, I'd say we're in really good shape, right? And again, we're not not downplaying the significance of a godly leader. We're incredibly grateful for who Dan and Aaron have been for this church. We're incredibly grateful for their, their preaching and their service. We're not downplaying that. What we're focusing on is who God is and how big God is, and God is sovereign over all. His plans have not changed. His presence has not changed. And what else has not changed? His purpose for the church. God has designed the church. You know, earlier this summer, I got to preach on the church and who the church is. We are the church. The church is the body of believers. God's design has not changed. Listen to these words. Remember earlier I told you to keep in mind that word foundation? Listen to these words in Ephesians 2, 19 to 20. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Has Jesus changed as the cornerstone of this church? Is the cornerstone of this church still Christ? I would say yes. I would say amen. Let it always be so. Christ has not changed. God's design of the church has not changed. Christ always has been, always will be the foundation of the church. And in Isaiah, he's described as a tested cornerstone, a costly cornerstone, a sure cornerstone. He's not changing. The foundation of who we are, our identity is built in Christ. He's the same as he always has been and always will be. Be strengthened by that. Live in the glory of that. And what else? Okay, so you're talking big picture, Sam. That's fantastic. I'm interested in the day-to-day, right? Like, well, let's narrow this scope a little bit. Okay, that's a good, that's a good point. Let's narrow the scope a little bit. What will this church look like during the time of transition, day to day, week to week? Well, what's God's purpose for the church day-to-day, week to week? The Great Commission hasn't changed. We out in the world and make disciples. That hasn't changed, so that's not going to change for us. First Thessalonians 5:11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you were doing. Hebrews 10.25, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. In both, in both 1 Thessalonians and in Hebrews, we see that same word, encourage one another. The church is designed to encourage one another. And Hebrews talks about not neglecting to meet together, that's a conversation for another day, but I'm just going to throw this out there. If your attendance and engagement with any church, I don't care if it's this church, wherever you live, if your engagement with the church is conditional upon who's preaching, you've got to go to God with that. That's something that needs to be addressed. right? Hebrews makes that clear. But what I want to do is I want to look at that word encouragement, and I want to, I want to take a moment and I want to thank you all. I mean, on behalf of the elders, truly, please, thank you so much for the encouragement You all have been to us in this time already. Every time the elders have gotten together, we've shared different conversations that have happened with with different members of this body who have come to us and said, hey, we're praying for you guys. I don't know what else I can do, but I'm praying every day for you guys. That means so much to us, so thank you. We've had people come to us and say, what do you need? What does the church need from me in this time? We've had people literally use the words, I think this is a time for me to step up. What does the church need in this time of transition? I mean, do you know how encouraging that is to us as leadership? To have the body respond with, all right, let's rise. Let's rise and meet this. What can we do to serve the church? That is of tremendous encouragement. So when I read that verse in Thessalonians, encourage one another as you have been doing, thank you. I mean, thank you on behalf of the elders. Thank you for how encouraging you have been to us in this time. Let us continue to do so. And like I said earlier, if you're wrestling with panic, with fear, with anything like that, come to us so that we can encourage you. Because when I look at the day-to-day of the church, we're commanded to encourage one another and to be together. We're commanded to be a fellowship, a body, a unified body that glorifies God. So let us continue to be that. And then lastly, I want to look at Colossians 3.16. I mean, when you talk about God's purpose for the church, Like, I want to get this printed on my forehead so that when you see me, you're just like, oh, hey, that's a good verse. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts towards God. What about that purpose is conditional on things not changing? Day to day, week to week, we will continue to be a body that lets the Word of Christ dwell in us. Day-to-day, week-to-week during this transition, month-to-month, however long it takes, we will continue to be a body that teaches the Word of God, that is built on the Word of God. That will not change. We will continue to be a body that gathers together to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, praising the Lord. That will not change. That is the purpose of the church, and that is not conditional on anything other than God, and God has not changed. So, small picture, that will not change for us. And what's the final part of that phrase? With thankfulness in your hearts to God. What a beautiful reminder, right? That the purpose of the church is thankfulness in our hearts to God. And that brings me right back to this passage that started all of it for me. That brings me right back to Isaiah 51, specifically verse 3. Let me repeat it. For the Lord comforts Zion. How many of you have felt like, man, I need some comfort in this time? I'll put my hand up, I don't care. Like, I'll be honest, I've needed comfort in this time. For the Lord comforts Zion. Okay, there's comfort. He comforts all her waste places and makes her wilderness like Eden. Her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness. Well, I mean, think about the contrast between her desert, her wilderness, with the Garden of Eden, with paradise. Think of that stark juxtaposition of the two, right? Visualize a desert, visualize a barren wilderness, then visualize the Garden of Eden. And what's it say? Joy and gladness will be found in her. Thanksgiving in the voice of song, right? Be honest, there's a temptation, there's a temptation and a danger to look at a time of transition and change and to think of it like a desert, right? You hear things like, oh, if we can just survive this, if we can just scrape through, man, if we, can just, if we can make it to the other side. I don't know if we have what it takes to get through this desert, but I hope we do. I, ho- I hope we can crawl our way across this wilderness. It's tempting to think of a time of change and transition like that. But is that an accurate portrayal of who God is? I, I mean, how dare we limit God by saying that a time of change and transition must equal a time of desolation. Who are we to think that God can't use a time of change with unknowns for His glory? And Isaiah 51 reminds us of this. It says, I will take the desert, the wilderness, I will make it like paradise. It will be a time of joy and gladness with thanksgiving and songs of praise. What a testimony. I mean, imagine with me for a second if six months, a year, two years, five years from now, the church can look at the time of change and transition and unknown and say, that was a time of joy. That was a time of thanksgiving. That was a time of gladness and of songs of praise. That was a time of of strength and courage. Why? Because, yeah, things were changing. There were unknowns, but we weren't focused on them. That was a time of joy and gladness and praise because we were focused on God. What a testimony that will be to the power of Christ if we can truthfully say that as a church. So please, as elders, we invite you to make that our prayer. We need wisdom in this time. We want wisdom in this time. We don't know all the answers. We just don't. We know some of the steps of the process. They're coming. We'll continue to move. But what I do know is what I see in Scripture of who God is. And that's what we're leaning on. That's what we're drawing strength in. That's what we're drawing comfort in. That's what I'm finding joy and peace in. Is that God is God. God always has been sovereign. God always will be sovereign. And the unknown does nothing to change that. So in this time of transition, what do we learn from Abraham? We learn to embrace God. We learn to find joy in God. That's what we've been doing. That's what we pray we continue to do. That's what God's been teaching me in this time. Is that the same God of Abraham is the God we worship today. And if he was able to lead Abraham all around the country without roads or GPS, I think we'll be a-okay. Because you know what? This church is not a person's church. This church is not about any one individual. No church is. There's not a single church in America that should be about a person. The church is by God, for God, through God to his glory. Amen. That hasn't changed. So let's be a people of joy. Let's be a people of trust. I mean, Isaiah told me, hey, go look at Abraham. Okay, that was nice. I looked at Abraham. I feel pretty okay with this because God is God. I just wanted to remind you guys that today, that God is God and we're going to be okay. Let's pray. Lord, you you are so many reasons to celebrate. You are joy and you are gladness. You are laughter. You are strength. You pick us up when we trip and stumble. You provide for us. You look at the desert that we think exists in front of us and you turn it into a paradise. You are always with us. And we celebrate that about you. We praise that about you. We're excited. We're excited to learn and be encouraged by the obedience of Dan and Aaron. God, thank you. I mean, thank you for the example that you have given to us in them of being willing to make changes and sacrifice to be obedient to you. What a blessing that is to learn from. And thank you for this church body. Thank you for what you are already doing in this body. Thank you for what you will continue to do in this body. We trust you with this time. And we look forward to the plans you have for us, God. We look forward to that city that you have designed in our building. And we thank you for a foundation of Christ. It's in your name we pray. Amen.